Welcome to our 43rd Wonder Space Journey. My name is Steve Cole, and since September 2020, I have been asking the same six questions to people from around the world. The questions revolve around life and wonder, places of reset, and stories of hopefulness. The setting for all of our interviews is a virtual window seat on the space station, 250 miles above Earth, where we see everything from a different perspective. Before we introduce our guest, our friends at asknature.org are going to help us to rewonder. How does a tiny muscle hold on to a rocky shore under the pressure of crashing waves? Its many anchoring threads are tipped with a two-part adhesive. First, lysine pushes salt ions out of the way. Then DOPA forms chemical bonds directly with the rock. These molecular forces, multiplied many, many times, keep the muscle firmly in place. This week, our orbit will take us over France, Italy, and the city of Cairo. And to experience these views with us in this ultimate window seat, we welcome Thais Karat. Thais is a social innovator, entrepreneur, and ecological activist. She's the founder of Sinal de Vale, a Brazilian regeneration campus located near Rio de Janeiro, which serves as a center for the regeneration of ecosystems, communities, and individuals. Thais was nominated by our 10th guest on Wonderspace, Pedro Tarac from Argentina. Here is Pedro telling us why he nominated Thais. I was so proud of nominating Thais Corral uh, for Wonderspace. Her uh, life story uh, has been an inspiration for so many of us at the regional level in Latin America and at the global space as well. Her past in feminism, later on in sustainability, and now in very concrete regeneration projects in the northeast of Brazil and in Rio Janeiro have actually inspired all of us. A shorter version of this episode, together with footage of this journey over Italy and Cairo, can be found at ourwonder.space. I start by asking Thais, from this window seat 250 miles above Earth, which place, city or country would you want us to fly over and why? The country that comes to my mind uh, is Italy, no? because I think that Italians over centuries have uh, refined that culture with nature around and uh, and do it in a way that is all like uh, seems to be one, no? And so um, that's probably my my most uh, permanent reference. Of course, I, I I like nature alone. I live in Brazil, and uh, you have like these cathedrals made by nature, no? The the big trees, the mountains, the combination, the the shapes that nature gives. But, uh, but if I would say something that really touched me deeply is that aesthetic of nature and human culture as one. Thais, give us a glimpse into your life story so far with an emphasis on what you are doing currently. 
As a young person, I went to Italy. No, I lived there for five years. That uh, this was very critical in my education because uh, being from Brazil and living when I was a young adult uh, during the dictatorship, uh, my the horizons were quite narrow. I did a business administration more into finding a, a high up uh, a, a job, a well-paid job, uh, and being an executive. And I changed all that to go to Italy. And uh, it was the country that had the most progressive communist party. And it was between socialism and communism and uh, socialism and capitalism. And so I had uh, the privilege of being in Italy in those years. I completely changed my career there and became a journalist, which was very aligned with my curiosity and willingness to know and to know people and have access to ideas and be like uh, informed and formed uh, to peop- from people that, uh, that I admire and had uh, lives that uh, were very different, you know, from the references I had. So when I went back, when I came back to Brazil, it was five years later, it was already the time when the dictatorship had ended and we had a civil government. And I was totally plunged into feminism and uh, movements and uh, the Green Party that was being formed in Brazil. So that was like uh, my, my ecosystem. You know? And uh, from there, I invented a life. I ended up forming these two organizations, two NGOs. One was, was on human development and uh, associated with gender, women, and environment. The other was a radio network because I I was, as a journalist in in Italy, I worked on radio and saw the potential that radio had to to reach uh, women, to reach uh, women where they are. I was totally connected to to this work. We built uh, this network of 400 women's radio programs and also created this big, huge movement also with an organization that I was invited to join in the United States that was called We Do, Women, Environment, and Development Organization. And with We Do, we kind of create a new ground for women. That was women not talking only about uh, questions that were related to the body or related to violence against women, which were the main agenda of the feminists until that time, but to take about the fate of the world, the world you know, and uh, talk about sustainable development and talk about how, how our civilization could, uh, could, be, could, could be transformed. I remember when we started the 1992 Earth Summit process, knowing all the documents just talked about population. The problem was population. And we really fought against it and, uh, and succeeded because the last documents of the Rio Summit uh, had uh, thousands of, uh, have hundreds of references about women, about humanity. So I would say that my whole life since then has been about uh, connecting like uh, as an educator and as a, as a change maker, connecting people to their own humanity, you know, through the, through the views of women, through the views of, uh, of, uh, of other people that uh, maybe are not the ones that they related to, you know. So recently, like the last uh, 15 years, I decided to dedicate the rest of my life to a territory, you know, and to really improving and creating models 
for this territory, which is Sinaldo Valley. And we want to show like uh, all this idea of reforestation and carbon sequestration by forest and uh, improved land degradation. We have the UN uh, decade for ecosystem restoration. But what we want to show with Sinal is that uh, this should be done in a decentralized way by groups of people in it has to include different aspects, not only the, the environmental, not only the reforestation aspects. So that's where I am right now. Where on earth is your place of reset or recharge? My place of, uh, of reset or recharge is um, Sinaldo Valley. The most remote it is, the better it is for me. The most remote and, uh, and uh, most uh, isolated in nature, the most recharged I feel, because I, I, I feel that our civilization right now is too noisy. No? Even Sinal, which is not so far from, uh, from a big city, we are in nature, it's beautiful, but, uh, but there are too many people that the soul recharges is in, in remote places of nature. What wonder of the natural world excites you the most? I think the wonder that excites me the most is to recognize uh, how this universal intelligence that we call vitality, you know, the vitality of the universe, finds associations, alignment uh, that are unbelievable and they do it without thinking about, without using what we call the intellect, you know, they just uh, find each other and uh, so every time I see that, I have this sense of our being like uh, uh, enchanted uh, by this place we are part of. Thais, what is your story of hopefulness that's not your own? about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? I would like to give one organization and one person because I think that over the cycles of our lives there are different influences, no? different people and the situation that influence you. But one that certainly keeps being a reference no? for my life has been is an organization in Egypt that's called Sekim. When I visit them for the first time in 2010, I had this sense of, of something unique, you know, and it had to do with this holistic perspective, you know, because, I mean, you have many entrepreneurs that do amazing things, but there, there was this aspect of, of creating like an example of, uh, of co different combinations of the business, of the sustainable development, of the social, in a very difficult situation, which is the desert, and a sh very strong vision, no, with the spirituality and art uh, and, and, and things that I truly believe uh, that uh, have to be a strong component. So I still celebrate so much uh, uh, Seken, and it was a strong inspiration for my doing Sinal. The other person that I would say that was um, inspirational to me, her story and how she kind of managed it, uh, it was Vangari Matai. No, I, I, I happened to be there. Then she won the Nobel Peace Prize. But, uh, but when I met her, she had the Green Belt Movement, the work with women. She was the first uh, woman to have a PhD in Kenya, in Kenya I think, on chemistry. And uh, but she, her heart was always in politics because she comes from a country that is so 
unequal, no, and so I would say uh, brutal in terms of uh, of the minorities and all that. And 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 she she was saying the way she started the Green Belt movement is that uh, she had thought that she wanted to build a movement for democracy, and then she saw that the that people were most of the people were illiterate, and uh, I mean she couldn't even talk to them about the democracy and politics and all these concepts that were very far from their reality. But the space in which they live and improving the space in which they live, they all would uh, understand, I mean, how taking care of seed, seedlings and, uh, and planting trees would, uh, would help uh, to, re- to restore things that they had lost uh, in this brutal development, like restoring like the rivers, the places which were so so dear to them. So that's how she started the Green Belt movement. And most of the ones, I don't think she, she thought at the beginning about women, but the, the ones that really opened up to follow uh, that uh, orientation were women. And then it became the Green Belt movement, you know, formed majorly by women. But it, it came from that idea that no matter which is the small action you do, you know, if it connects you from the heart, connects you to that connectivity of, of where you are and improving that area, it has a big force and impact because it connects you to something that is very real. No? And I think that uh, when I talk and I see the 21st century and the transformation we had to do, I think that this is, I would say, is the main challenge. You know, it has to make sense to everyone. You know, it's not just the ones at the top or that have the great ideas or the great concepts and uh, to know how to kind of uh, uh, move the world, you know, the great thinkers. It's how to make people empowered in a very real way, you know, so... Vangari Vangari was the first one that I could understand that because she did something of an impact, you know. Finally, as we prepare to re-enter, what insight, wisdom or question would you like to share with us? Yeah, the insight I would like to share with you is an Indian philosopher that I am very fond of. Her name is Vimala Takar. She has given me... um, Give me so much, so many insights. Can I read some a quote of her? When you have the humility to be with people in the simplicity of what you are, not pretending to be what you are not, not trying to hide what you are, then communion takes place. You understand the other person more deeply than all knowledge could make possible. You notice that a new tenderness of affection begins to blossom. So is that the insight of, uh, of uh, not pretending that in order to accomplish things, you just have to, to be, you know, because we are all one and we kind of uh, meet at some places, the place of humanity that is a thread between all of us. And, uh, and sometimes like uh, boundaries that are insurmountable, like uh, just uh, dissolve, you know, so that's my, my insight. To find out more about the work and vision of Thais, go to sinaldivale.org. In her story of hopefulness, Thais talked about an amazing work in Cairo, and you can find out more at sekem.com. 
She also spoke about the Greenbelt Movement in Africa, which you can find at greenbeltmovement.org. For our second year of Wonderspace, we have redesigned the website to make it easier to engage with all the previous 42 episodes. Go to ourwonder.space. I want to thank Thais for joining us on this Wonderspace and I hope that you can join us next week for more wonders and stories of hopefulness.